0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got Isabel Cowan and she is a personal brand manager focusing on LinkedIn content. Hi Isabel. Hi, yeah. How are we?
1: Um, I'm amazing, thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, good. We're nearly in the middle of the week, so we're, we're getting towards the weekend.
1: <laughs> <Kind> <laughs> I feel like long. it's been a
0: really long week already and I'm not sure <sighs> why.
1: I think it's just that point of year. To be fair, I feel like I've spoken to so many people where everyone pushes forward in January with like personal brand goals or like mm. any sort of just general New Year's resolutions, and it hits February, March. I'm like, oh my gosh, where even are we now?
0: Hundred percent. I think you're right. Um, Isabel, do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do?
1: Yes. So I'm a personal brand manager at Corogo, and um, which basically me- means that I build online presences um, and kind of build up reputations for CEOs and founders rather than companies. So imagine um, kind of running social media um, or just general branding for a company, but instead we do it for people. Um, And then kind of on top of that as well, I um, do a lot of my own personal branding. So I post on LinkedIn and, and Instagram as well and to kind of grow my own reputation on top of that.
0: I think we've probably had the entire team of Kurogo on the (laughs) podcast
1: (laughs) yeah we're going around like taking everyone off but (laughs) Uh,
0: no I I mean we talked about my co-host can't be here today Jules he's he's, um he's got a bit of a headache bless him um but we we've been really strong on this because we think personal branding not only for businesses but also for for people themselves you know Building a personal brand helps you with a business, you're a CEO or whatever you want to be. But when you're looking for jobs, it's come up time and time and again Um, with pretty much everyone we've had on the podcast. We just haven't really classified it as as personal branding. But having you guys on has been massively helpful. We've had loads of people contact us and say, that was a great episode, really understand, you know, where I need to push and where I need to to, to actually build to get people to send me jobs. Because that's happened a lot, right? You know, people they start personally putting a personal brand out there and they get job offers in their inbox
1: yeah 100% I mean my job at Corogo, I got through Sam who's our founder he messaged me on LinkedIn and also like personal branding doesn't mean you have to post every day on LinkedIn or anything like that he messaged me because I had quite a well-optimized profile like had a nice cover photo had a good about section and like posted once every like three months and he still reached out to me just from that which just shows the power of even just putting yourself out there a little bit you don't have to post every single day or anything like that
0: Mm. but why personal branding then how did this all come about
1: yeah so um so I went to university and did history and politics so absolutely nothing to do with personal branding marketing (laughs) or anything like that um but kind of just went there because I was academic and I didn't know what I wanted to do Graduated um, this summer that's just passed and decided I wanted to go into marketing. Um, and so, and generally just because I liked being creative, I like data, I like all that kind of stuff. And I like social media. So it was social media marketing I wanted to go into. Um, and during my time at university, I did a couple of internships. Um, I interned at pretty little marketer for nine months, um, which is Sophie Miller. I like wrote for Glamour magazine as well, which is under Conde Nast, so Vogue and GQ, all of them. Yeah, so that was really cool. Um, I still kind of didn't fully know what I wanted to do um, after uni. And as well, I had a big kind of mental block in the sense of I didn't do marketing or journalism at uni. Mm. Um, So yeah, so I just kind of randomly started sending out speculative emails to a bunch of Birmingham marketing agencies um, and got a job at just a small, um, agency in Birmingham doing social media. and um, mm-hmm. So I did all like their organic socials for companies. So basically doing branding and social media for companies rather than people. Um, and quite frankly, I'd actually never heard of personal branding until Sam messaged me literally on New Year's Eve, which is like kind of is a nice roundup to the year and a nice start to the year <laughs> that it's almost like exactly New Year's Eve 2021. Sam reached out to me being like, hi, um, I've seen your LinkedIn profile. Once again, shows the power of personal branding. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen your like LinkedIn profile. I've seen like, your experience. I'd love for you to interview for this job. And I was like, yeah, of course, great. Sent over my CV, my portfolio. um, And then my first kind of insight into personal branding was actually for the interview, who was like, just come with some general ideas about these two people like what would you do for their personal brands and in classic me style I did a whole presentation about the whole process <laughs> analyses, example posts like strategy um and that was the first time like I'd ever even like considered writing posts for other people um and that's the thing as well I also want to say like personal branding like we we do like kind of create posts for other people but it's their thoughts and their ideas we just kind of polish it up and make it into like a well-written LinkedIn post and have the time as well to engage and stuff like that. But it is these people's thoughts. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my journey into personal branding, I guess.
0: Let's break a few of those things down because not only is it helpful to talk to you about your own career, but I think how you got the job at Corogo is really interesting. It's a great case study So you mentioned you sent a CV in, you sent your portfolio, which is something we are always, always talking about. Portfolio, no matter what industry you're in, if you can show some sort of practical example or something you've learned or whatever, that is crucial nowadays to standing out really. So talk us a bit through your portfolio as such.
1: Yeah, so um, so my big thing was when I went into third year of uni is I was like, oh my goodness, I have absolutely no experience. Um, how do you get internships? I also had this big um, misconception, you know, that whole thing, like, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. I thought that was, oh, if mummy and daddy didn't know certain people, <laughs> I would never be able to get an internship anywhere. Yeah. So I kind of thought, great, how do I begin to almost, yeah, go those experiences to put on my portfolio. Um, so within that, I started writing for my university's online magazine called The Tab and published articles for that, that went in the portfolio. Um, like I said, I worked for Pretty Little Marketers, Sophie Miller. So I put all my graphics, um, and I did for that. And just as well, like, I kind of went along in each section. I kind of split it up into these are my copywriting experiences. Mm. So Glamour magazine, um, like my published articles in them, went in there. I got asked to guest write for another just like small magazine that went in the copywriting section. The graphic section, that's when I put in Sophie, um, my Pretty Little Marketer stuff. And I also as well like I said that I didn't do marketing uni anything like that so I would also put in there um I used to make loads of mock-ups so mock-up um kind of almost like marketing proposals for random businesses or mock-up um social media graphics I put them in there as well any courses I did and then I also think obviously this is a bit more effort but just looking at job roles and thinking. The way you do for a cv look at it for your Mm. portfolio so i say okay this job requires copywriting so i'm going to read so at the kind of start of the copywriting section i would almost write um copywriting and then the points kind of that they have in the job description and how i've done those in those jobs and then you click along and it has the actual examples of how i did that and i genuinely think that has made the biggest difference when it came to me applying for jobs because one is just so much more visual. Um, I'm very much as well, like my portfolio's all pink and purple and stuff because that's me. And it's still very like neatly laid out and nothing too crazy. Yeah. But it's just a lot more captivating than I think a CV. Um, and once again, like you said, like showing physical examples, you just cannot, no matter how good you are at like trying to explain what you're doing, unless people can actually see it, I do think um, it's really hard for them to understand the skills that you have.
0: Yeah, and I think you know i'm lucky enough to work with some uh some smes and actually seeing the hiring process itself and actually you know going to these you know, writing job descriptions and thinking about what you want it's okay for somebody to come in and go yeah there's my cvr oh, i've done that before but mm-hmm. okay we can all kind of big ourselves up a little bit on a cv can't we whereas if you can actually showcase your work then that you know that that thing in the back of somebody's head when they're hiring you going oh okay well he says he's done it or she's done it, but have they actually? That ticks that box immediately and, and yeah, sort of moves you forward in their head.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like, I think that's such a big thing is, like you said, everyone does somewhat over exaggerate in their CVs, not even to like trick people, but you've just got to, the way that you write things out, ticking off those boxes, it yeah. does come across that way. Um, and yeah, being like, I can copyright, here's my examples, I do think just goes such the extra mile when it comes to applying for jobs. Definitely.
0: And you mentioned, you know, these opportunities, uh, uh, the magazines and, and such. How did you get those opportunities?
1: Yes. Yeah, so for Glamour magazine, um, I was literally just a second year student, history and politics student. And I don't know what came over me one night. I just apparently was way too big for my boots, way too confident. and just decided to Google um, like the heads of Vogue and Glamour magazine and basically found their email addresses. Um, wrote out an email being like, hi, this is me. Um, This is who I am. This is why I love your magazine. This is why I would love to intern there or shadow or something at your company. this that, and the other literally just a random email that I sent out and mm. um sent that out to both of them Vogue literally got back the next day like a personalized <laughs> email being thank you so much for reaching out we actually don't do any internships but um best look with everything which I thought was crazy in itself like the fact that they actually read it and replied yeah. was crazy um then I didn't get a reply from Glamour didn't think much of it and then I got an email back being like great do you want to come in for a paid um internship um for these dates, come into Vogue House in London, this, that, and the other, um, and then COVID hit. Um, Um, And so then it got completely postponed, which, if anything, was a blessing in itself, because I think it would have been so exciting to go into Vogue House and all those kind of things. Like, it's this massive, very Devil Wears Prada, massive, quite ominous-looking building in London. (laughs) But I think, which would have been an amazing opportunity, but I think if I did go there, I would have just been making teas and coffees or shadowing a photo, Copying or whatever,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but because it was all online, they were literally like, "Great!" I, I didn't, I had no expectations going into this. And every morning, they have, you sit in this big, like, Zoom call with everyone, and they introduce me. And then they were like, "Right, so this is kind of up to you. Let us know who you want to speak to, who you want to work with." So I worked with the social media team, the beauty team, and then wow. they were also like, "If you want to write any articles, like, send us pro- like kind of proposals." Um, and then yeah, and so. I sent like five proposal overs, they picked two. I went away and literally wrote them in like 24 hours, literally panicking. (laughs) Um, Literally had everyone I knew read them before I sent them back, because I was so scared. Um, And yeah, and then they got published, which is really cool, because, and they literally say, by Isabel Cowell on the Gmail website, which is really cool. Oh, wow. Um, And then for the second one, which was this really lovely girl, she was basically um, making a whole magazine as part of almost her graduate project. and she actually reached out to me because I did a Instagram takeover on Free Little Marketer. Mm. Um, and everyone was asking me loads of questions about how I got my internship at Glamour. And she was like, I've seen you do this. I would love for you to write an article for my magazine. Um, and yeah, so I, it was about um, like your top tips for shaving or something. It was a very like um, girly, fun magazine. And um, mm. yeah, so there's kind of how I did those too.
0: I mean, this is like the perfect case study for what we always talk about on the podcast because you actually put yourself out there. Like you went and found the emails, you just emailed them out of the blue. And part of it is having like the courage to do it. Like you said, almost too big for your boots thinking, well, you know, who am I to do this? But that's exactly what you need to do to to stand out, right?
1: Oh, 100%. I think as well. Um, one, you're just showing your initiative. Like you know, it's once again, that thing with the portfolio. You can put on your CV, you've got initiative. If you send out speculative email out of nowhere, that's showing in action. Um, as well, I genuinely had no experience when I sent those emails out. I had never written for a magazine ever. Um, I only started writing for my university's magazine in third year, and this was second year of university. Um, I hadn't done anything with marketing, I didn't even really consider marketing at that point. If anything, like I was like, oh, I want to work in fashion. Um, and so I think let's say I did apply through a traditional went on LinkedIn or went on something, found an internship online and applied with a hundred of the people. Quite frankly, there is zero way I would have got it because Mm. if those people that had been to fashion school or already made kind of a magazine someone else or an internship someone else, quite frankly, at the end of the day, they probably would have got the opportunity over me. And so Mm. I just think it is, put yourself out there. And also what you've got to lose, they might ignore your email, but that's okay. At least you've tried and- it's not the end of the world if they ignore your email either. So
0: just try, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, we always make this point as well that you'll get a lot of no's. You know, doing this when we first started, we're at 170 whatever episodes now. And even now still, you know, we'll ask people to come on and, and they won't reply or whatever, or they'll say, no, thank you this time. But you just like, eventually you're like, okay, well, I've got a no, I'll just try again. Like, you know, I'll try somebody else or try somebody else. And that's such an important thing to get across that just because you get one no, doesn't mean to give up just just keep going and you will get a yes
1: and I think as well I think two things kind of coming off of that one don't look at no as no look as no as no but maybe in the future and two I think I was listening to a podcast once and someone was saying how they used to go to a coffee shop and always ask for a free coffee not because they wanted a free coffee but to practice being told no
0: yeah and, I've heard that I can't remember what podcast that's yeah, yeah. it's one of those
1: that things that's absolutely like gone out my brain but I think that's such an important lesson of being like no is not a scary word and learning to be able to accept that rejection and not take it personally and also be able to pick yourself up and move on and just have it as something not just a regular part of your life but be able to be like okay that was a no that's fine move on I think is such an invaluable skill quite frankly
0: yeah I mean I completely agree with you um so what of personal branding what are you thinking of it so far?
1: yeah um it's definitely been crazy like I said two months ago I did not know it was a world at all um but no I'm loving it I think it is genuinely one of the most kind of valuable things someone can do almost at any age as well so I think it's so important um if you're young for getting jobs and um, putting yourself out there just generally getting seen and as well let's say you do even apply through a traditional route a lot of the times I do feel like your employers do will check your linkedin or things or just your general online presence it doesn't have to be linkedin mm. um and i think that's really important for kind of that age but also as we found as well looking at like ceos founders startups the return on investment you can get from posting on on your own personal linkedin versus a company's page is absolutely insane. And it's such a cliche, like people buy from people,
0: mm.
1: but it's a cliche for a reason. Like it's one of those things. Would Tesla be as big as it was as it is if Elon Musk was an Elon Musk? Yeah.
0: Um yeah, and like that.
1: Yeah, it's just you build so much trust. Um, and like just generally like building a community, like I we always gone about community, and once again, it's such a cliche buzzword at this point, but building people. That will root for you and support you, and I feel like and will buy from you and be loyal and all those kind of things. I think you get so much more out of if they're rooting for a person rather than a big corporation. um so, no, I think it's absolutely amazing to be honest. I genuinely think, and everyone should be doing it. It sounds like such a plug, but literally, no, it's, it's true.
0: You're you're right. I mean, we've talked about the growth of digital marketing um on the podcast quite a few times, and this is like a segment of that, isn't it? You know. Uh, personal branding as such but somebody that's just gone into it in two months can you see this becoming a really large part of the marketing industry um, obviously you've got people like sam starting corogo but it's only just scratching the surface of of how big this is going to get i think i think if you're a business and you don't have your employees building personal brands or your ceo building personal brands you're going to fall behind in the next five ten years right
1: i definitely think yeah 100 and i think a lot of that has come with social media in the sense of it's one of those things because other people are doing it and if your competitors are doing it it's one of those things you potentially are just going to fall behind um and that has become so much bigger with social media in the sense of people are on LinkedIn, they're following people like ceos and stuff not only on linkedin but on instagram and twitter and tiktok even um and i do feel like the marketing industry it is just going to become part just generally part of it in the way that pr is part of it or i'm sure like loads of you like 10 15 20 years ago digital marketing seemed a bit crazy like why are we moving away from print ads mm. and i do think there will be a bit of resistance to it and i think a lot of people as well seem to have a lot of hesitation and dislike of the term personal branding they seem see it as quite i guess egotistical um because it's obviously like you are promoting yourself um but i also don't feel like that is necessarily to either you're just sh- telling your story giving advice which if anything isn't egotistical that's like that's kind of what i'm trying to do on mine is give people the advice which i wish someone had told me yeah um and i see i think a lot of founders who are building their path of brands are doing that and i do think yeah it's going to just become such a regular part of the way that we build businesses because the brands that are doing it are succeeding really really well and you will just kind of be left behind a little bit if you don't kind of keep up with those changing times I think.
0: Mm. So over the last couple of months of you you know starting to work in personal branding what would be maybe two crucial skill sets that you think for anyone going into it they would you know benefit from learning?
1: Yeah so I think quite a big part of it would be to have a really strong understanding of the industry so both the industry when it comes to marketing so what's going on in the marketing world what's going on with businesses but also in your industry that your personal branding within and being able to research and know kind of where to find that information how to keep up with that information and kind of the organization of keeping up with all those changing trends and stuff is so so important um and I think the second part of it would be copywriting in the sense of storytelling. So obviously you're going to have to be quite a strong copywriter or it depends actually like personal branding, I think is going, is a lot bigger than LinkedIn or anything like that. You can be a videographer, you could be a public speaker, you could be a photographer, you could like being on, like, you could be an Instagrammer, that's all personal branding, a YouTuber. But I do think with all of that, you need to be able to tell a story mm-hmm. and you need to be able to get people to connect with you. And that does come out. Partly of copywriting skills, which I guess you can learn um being able to, like, have a coherent story that flows really well, but also just generally knowing how to connect with people, how to empathize with people, to understand your audience wants and needs and desires and why and actually put yourself in their shoes and think, why would they want to follow you? Why would they want to listen to you? Yeah, um, I think is really, really important
0: um and what kind of personality traits do you think you see in yourself that have helped you to succeed so far
1: um I think being able to talk to a lot of different people and talk to them and kind of get them to open up and be that kind of person that you go into a meeting and you're the one that kind of leads the kind of how comfortable and in a sense almost informal the meeting is um in the sense of we're, obviously we start to be very professional, but when it comes to personal branding, it is personal. And you need people to open up about their stories, about kind of the hardships they've faced in their life, um, all those kind of things. And so I think you need to be able to have kind of that personality where people do kind of want to, yeah, just kind of open up to you and be and not be the one in the room that's kind of shying away that like you need to kind of lead those conversations. So a lot of the times, even these CEOs and founders and whoever, um, they're almost quite shy in themselves when it comes to personal branding. That's obviously why they get a personal brand manager. Mm-hmm. And so you're the one that kind of needs to kind of lead those conversations.
0: And for you, what's been the biggest positive um, working in the industry so far?
1: 120 million percent, it would always be for me. The LinkedIn community, I didn't really know it was a thing two mm. months ago. They are by far... The loveliest group of people I think I have ever met. Um, when I was starting out with like not that many followers or anything, the amount of people that I reached out to and asked for virtual coffee chats or just asked, like just connected with, um, had people where I replied like put comments on their posts and they put comments on my posts, they replied to comments. And it was just the absolutely loveliest community. And there are people that I know that I would li- genuinely consider friends after two weeks of just randomly two months randomly posting on LinkedIn and having these connections. And now I'm sending voice notes back, like five minute voice notes back and forth to these people that I genuinely consider my friends now that I've that's met lovely. on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. That's really nice. Um, on the other side of that what would be maybe some less favorable aspects that you've come up against.
1: I think working on social media can be really, really hard for multiple reasons. One, you can genuinely never turn off because unless you literally put your phone, like turn your phone off completely, a lot of people, let's say you worked in accounting, for example, you potentially would go on TikTok as a break. Whereas if I'm on social media, one, if I'm on my phone, I'll get LinkedIn notifications or Instagram notifications and things like that all to do with kind of businesses. Mm. So my brain automatically automatically goes to that. But also when I'm like consuming media, like TikToks, whatever, I'm in that mindset of thinking, how can I learn from this? How can I kind of add this to my business plans and stuff like that? So I think that's really hard. And I think as well, the comparison um, Mm. is really, really easy when you're on social media all the time to compare yourself to people who have bigger followers than you, people that have accomplished so much more than you. I have a really bad habit of comparing myself to people that are five, 10 years older than me and thinking, why aren't I as like successful as them? Even though I'm six months out of university, one month in a job at 21 years old. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, why am I not as successful as this 26 year old? Um, and I think that it's really, really easy to fall in that trap when you were just constantly online all the time.
0: I'll be honest, you know, I'm 26 now, I think. I can never remember. <laughs> I think, <laughs> <laughs> um, But I don't think you'll ever stop doing that. I think everybody compares and it's good that you're, you know, self-aware of that. I think everybody always compares themselves to people they see on social media. Like you say, working in it, it must be really difficult to actually get the chance to like switch that part of your brain off and go, actually, everybody's on, you know, a different journey. Everybody's doing things at their own pace. But yeah, I, I understand how that could be, um, you know, a little bit negative maybe
1: yeah definitely and like even stuff like i said let's say i don't do anything on tiktok in the moment it's my job but there's still that part of my brain if i see a tiktok i'm like oh i love their content i'll go onto their page i'm like oh my gosh they have a hundred thousand followers mm. and i feel like even just like a very casual scroll on tiktok there is still that part of your brain thinking that And yes. um, like you said i think it is good to be self aware of it and i think i feel a lot better and kind of mentally healthier about it all now that i am aware of it and i just like again just always taking that step back and be like i'm here and i really like the quote where it's like don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 25
0: yes all those people
1: with so many followers a lot of them started years ago and they've built up and built up and built up and i've been doing it for two months so just take a step back realize where you are and just realize you know what you actually are okay
0: there really is no such thing as you know overnight success and the people you do see you know with maybe overnight success maybe won't last as long so yeah yeah, I think it's important to remember these things on social media um and to sort of round up would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now
1: 100% like I always say because my mum came in the other day because i was working quite late um and which is something I do work-life balance I am definitely trying to work on (laughs) but I always I said to her I was like yes I'm working long hours But I have and I do get stressed and overwhelmed and imposter syndrome and all those other things. But I feel like I've got such a spark about Mm. me now after joining this industry and being with the people in this industry. They are so such hardworking people with so much ambition, so much kindness and empathy for people that have so much ambition. Mm. And they have honestly changed who I am as a person. Like I just feel so much more yeah ambitious and, and happy and like I said that spark back to me and wanting to work and I'm happy to work at the long hours because I like it I'd much rather do this than another job which was equally the equal amount of hours or less that I wasn't living as much so 100% I'd still do it
0: well Isabel it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you so much for taking the time and uh, where can people find you and what you're up to
1: yes so I'm just Isabel Cowell on LinkedIn. And then on Instagram, I've got a page called Dear Future Marketer. Um, And then that's everything to do with kind of personal branding, LinkedIn, and how you can get into kind of the marketing industry as future marketers or early marketers in in your career through personal branding and LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
1: Thank you.